Could tonight be the night the Denver Nuggets win the NBA championship? Is tonight the night this young man <laughs> and that guy and this guy and that guy covers an NBA champion? Also, who got it worse? The Heat mascot from Conor McGregor or the golfer Adam Hadwin trying to celebrate with Nick Taylor? <laughs> oh! Yo, big Reggie White energy. Reggie White, yes. Incredible camera work, too. I'm hoping. My guy Bernie needs hazard pay, Tony. Courtney Cronin, <laughs> you can see you've got three points. Here's an even five, or an uneven five, uh, to start, because you had the hot take before we sat down that it was all over for the Heat <laughs> once Conor McGregor dropped the mascot. <laughs> Tonight, Nuggets Heat game five. The Nuggets 48 minutes from their first ever championship. I don't need to say anymore. Okay, maybe just one thing. The Heat, think Tyler Hero will suit up and give it a go tonight. George Sedano, I turn to you. You've been telling us all playoffs how the Heat can do it. But for tonight to be the night for Denver, what's the number one thing that has to happen? Tony, it's really as simple as just doing what they've done all postseason, which is basically mall people for the most part, right? Like, they have gone through these playoffs with – pretty you know, almost at ease in a lot of ways. They're 15 and four thus far, uh, but individually, I think there are a couple of things they can do. Defend the three-point line in the first two games. Miami got incredible quality uh, opportunities from the three-point land, and Miami capitalized on those in game two. They've done a much better job in games three and four of defending the three. They've almost sold out, really, on defending the three. So I think that's a key component, particularly with Tyler Hero potentially coming back. And I also think Eric Spolstra could have something up his sleeve in regards to how how much they've been willing to try to, to sell out for defending the three-point line. And then lastly, Aaron Gordon, a prominent Western Conference coach told me during the season, if Aaron Gordon goes off against you when you're playing the Denver Nuggets, you have no chance of winning that particular game. And if you look at it, they're undefeated when he scores 15 points or more in, in, the, in this postseason, in this particular playoff series. So uh, Aaron Gordon is a huge key. And just one follow-up, George, since you've spent time in the huddle for both these teams, but especially for Denver, Michael Malone. And is there any pressure about trying to close it out at home for the first time in franchise history tonight? There's always pressure, Tone. I don't think that this team, though, really gets – I don't think they're going to feel that type of stuff. I think if they happen to lose this game, it's because Miami played an incredible game. Miami has to play a near-perfect game to win against the Denver Nuggets. I'm not saying that's impossible, but that, that's the only way I think Denver loses, barring some sort of injury. And Pablo Torre on tonight, the night Denver's waiting for. But speaking – yeah, Tony, speaking of pressure, I want to focus on not Aaron Gordon, who is exactly as spectacular as George just said. And I don't want to focus on Nikola Jokic, who is obviously the best player on the planet right now. I want to focus on Jamal Murray, because when pressure is applied to him in the postseason, he becomes a totally different human being. There is nobody in the history of the NBA playoffs, Tony. John Hollinger did this analysis that is more in terms of scoring, rebounding, assists, Altogether, he has the biggest jump in performance of anybody we've ever seen in the sport. 
And this is over a decent sample size now. And so when Nikola Jokic is struggling, as he did, relatively speaking, in the last game, Jamal Murray is there to have his fourth straight NBA Finals game with double-digit assists. He is somebody who becomes a 25-point-per-game scorer when the pressure is on. So to me, what do the Nuggets need to do? Just have Jamal Murray be exactly who he's been every time he enters the playoffs. It's been that easy for him. Pablo, you're tipping your hand who you might vote for for MVP in this series. Should it come to that place with two minutes to go in tonight's game. It sounds like you're more on Murray than Jokic. Tinsley, I turn to you now on what I'm the dead. one thing, yeah. maybe, number one above all, that Denver needs to do tonight. Man, we talk so much about Denver's offense, but their defense, especially these last two games, has been really, really good. And Denver's three wins, they've held Miami to under 30, 33% from three. And you look at the other players on the heat, like the Nuggets have taken them, taken them out. Outside of that first quarter in game two, uh, Max Struess is one for 24, for, for, excuse me, one for 24 for the series. Gabe Vincent, the, the Nuggets have held him to nine, nine points, uh, excuse me, combined in the last two games. So theoretically, Tyler Hero's return makes a lot of sense. But in reality, he's missed the last two months. He's also coming back with the game, with the season literally on the line in that altitude. So that's a lot to ask for a Miami Heat team. And the, my, the Denver Nuggets also understand we want to celebrate this on our home floor, and I, and I think they get it de done on the defensive end, and that, that's, what's go that's going to be a cause for celebration. And Cronin. The Heat have pushed this talent, Tony, as far as they can go, and the Tyler Hero news about him going to attempt to try to play tonight is total desperation with this team down 3-1. to one. The only way I see Miami making this game competitive and potentially forcing a game six is if, with Hero in the mix, they can get more of that shot volume that they've been missing. That's something that Eric Spolstra has really emphasized because throughout the playoffs, teams that have the higher field goal attempts, which include trips to the free throw line, off of those field goal attempts win 59% of the time. In those situations in the postseason, the Heat are 8-4. and four. When they have the advantage of more field goals, when they don't, they're 3-5. and five. That's the only way they keep this thing close to Dono back in. Tony, in regards to Tyler Hero, this thing, I know he's missed two months, as Justin mentioned, but this is tailor-made for him. Denver runs a drop, okay? And they've been dropping deeper and deeper and deeper to defend Bam from being a playmaker. Tyler Hero eats in the mid-range. This, if he's going to get comfortable, this is the opportunity for him. And pressure is not something that he tends to worry about. I mean, go back to the bubble, man. That kid performed in a huge way in that bubble season, particularly in the playoffs. I believe he was one of the youngest players to ever score 30 points in a finals series, uh, in a finals game. So I I'm not worried about that. But again, Miami has to play near perfect. Bob Latore after Horn. Yeah, but George was talking about where Tyler Hero likes to eat on the court. I believe the Denver Nuggets will just eat Tyler Hero. He is a zero <laughs> defensively. You have all of these guys, all of this depth that we're talking about, bringing back a guy who has not played in months, who does not defend when he's healthy. Please leave him back on the Back against the wall, act of desperation, and uh, here it is. Make the pick time, Pablo Torre. Sounds like you've got Denver. I I'm taking Denver. And Justin Sidsley. Denver. Gordy Croden. Nuggets in five. Sedano. I'm taking the heat tonight, Tony. Thought you might. You like that. Hero versus <laughs> mm. the drop defense. Okay, we'll see. Mm. Woody Page, be there and with us tomorrow. We move on now to how professional golf ended the most chaotic week in its history with a tremendous moment at the Canadian Open. Here's Jim Nance on a great call. Let the flag stick in. The maple leaf flag. Good pace. Are you serious? Oh, my goodness! Ooh. Glorious!
Davis and free. Nick Taylor, first Canadian in 69 years to win the Canadian Open, doing it dramatically. A 72-foot eagle putt once they measured it on the fourth hole of a playoff. He says he doesn't remember anything because he blacked out. And then when his friend Adam Hadwin came in to celebrate with him, he got mounted by security. Look at that. Standing on guard for thee. Pablo does 172-foot Canadian prayer. Have you feeling more optimistic about golf after the week it just had? Tony, it does. And by the way, this is the event at the center of the Venn diagram of all the clouds of smoke wafting into our city and also the geopolitical smoke wafting into our entire national sports discourse. And so, wow. yes, I How felt good in a way that was jarring to me. I felt good in a way that was jarring because this is what I want from golf. I want the green. I want the course to be rushed like it's a college game. I want someone, and by the way, I would blame that security guard for tackling that dude, except I also did not know who that dude was until it was explained to me afterwards. So I want all of the content. I want all of the Nancy and celebrations. This is why this can be fun if golf lets itself be fun, and I just don't think it needed all of the background smoke that I alluded to to get to this point, which is why it's a bummer. Justin Sinsley. Look, golf is going to have to answer for last week for a long, long time, and honestly, they should. But, Tony, a 72-foot walk-off eagle was already insane. But to do it and accomplish something that hasn't been done in your country in nearly 70 years, and a Canadian hasn't won in Canada since 1999, as somebody, as somebody who's taking golf lessons this year, that was hands down one of my mm. favorite moments in golf in a long time, and it will ab absolutely be one of the be better moments in sports in 2023 when it's all said and done. Cody Cronin. What a year for Canada. He's the fourth Canadian to win on the PGA this year, which is a record. And considering all of the business part of golf that was talked about, and we still don't actually know what the merger, don't call it a merger, between the PGA Tour and Live Golf and the DP World Tour is going to look like. So we get a four-hole playoff here, and Taylor started the weekend with a 72. He was tied for 120th, so to come surging back in this moment and win in this sort of fashion, this is what makes golf fun. And for a second, I actually thought I was at the Waste Management Open because I haven't seen champagne beer showers <laughs> like that since uh, February. George Sedata. Tony, uh, I'm with Pablo here. This is the closest we're going to come to a Happy Gilmore sequel, the way that thing transpired <laughs> at the end with the long shot and, of course, the tackling of, of, his, uh, of one of his colleagues. But here's the thing. To Courtney's point, yes, he shot at 75. He was 120th going in. But that it's been 40 years since someone has been that far back in the pack and won a tournament. Like, that to me is wild when you think about it. So the fact that Taylor was able to provide that, the, all the pomp and circumstance that came with it, um, it, it's just an incredible moment for someone to win the Canadian Open, a Canadian to win the Canadian Open since first time since 1954, okay? Like, that in itself, you, you understand why this thing was as big as it was. U.S. Open, you're up. That's, I mean, that's what's out. I mean, the next tournament, you just roll right into that. Okay, so here it is, the debate of the day. Who got it worse? The heat mascot from Conor McGregor, all right, which the first punch you could say was, was probably set up. The second one was right in the nose. Or Adam Hadwin, the golfer who got tackled here by the security. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Who got it worse? The mascot. Adam Hadwin, I know his name. No, I know who that guy is now. 
would prefer anonymity. No, and Bernie. If I was either of McGregor Bernie got a second wonky pain medication, by the way. Got sent to the hospital. All right, fire sales next. got two punches and an L. for game six if needed. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of happy hour. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guarantee Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C. Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Welcome back to Around the Horn, brought to you by Chase. Coming to you from the Seaport District at Pier 17. Novak Djokovic's record-breaking moment. Usually when you break an all-time career mark, it's a long, hard journey, and this, of course, was. But this one was straight sets in the final, and he's won six of the last eight Grand Slams he's played in. Total domination. The all-time men's singles major winner at 23. George, here's the debate. Novak Djokovic is the greatest, most dominant tennis player, and right there, men's and women's major wins is in front of you, of all time, by yourself. Tony, this is a very difficult question. I would say the short answer is yes. 388 weeks as the number one ranked player. Uh, incredibly impressive. When, you know, I know Roger Federer had 237 consecutive, so his peak was wild. But he's had at least, uh, he's won each Grand Slam at least three times. And he almost got the calendar slam in 21. If he gets the calendar slam this year, and he's already got two of them, then I think it's definitive in his Courtney case. Courtney Cronin. He's only getting better with age. 12 and 9 during Grand Slam finals in his 20s. He's 36. 11 and 2 during Grand Slam finals in this era of his 30s. No sign, sign of slowing down either. He said he's not even thinking retirement. I will say, though, this big three that we've had in tennis with Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic, the first two set the bar super, super high for Nadal, for Djokovic to have to get to. The fact that he's there is a credit to them for getting him there in the first place. Oh, I thought you were going the other way there. The fact that he got where he is now above them Big against the greatest for competition. Big credit to those two setting the bar so high. Okay, okay. Mm -hmm. 
for comparison's sake, since Serena's in this conversation, who was her big three, right? Who was she going up against? They're not on the same list we just showed. Justin Tinsley, I turn to you. Yeah, I have a hard time saying Serena isn't the GOAT, but, but from a male perspective, it's definitely Djokovic. You just said six of his last eight Grand Slams that he's played in, he's won. He's about to be the number one player in the world again. And look, if he gets this calendar Grand Slam, the conversation is over. He, Wimbledon is up next. He's won the last four Wimbledons. Like, this this is rare, rare, rare air that we're, that we're talking about right here. Yeah, and that's why I think the conversation is already over, actually. And I say this focusing exclusively on the tennis because the guy has a lot of wacko opinions otherwise. But on the tennis court, Tony, many stats have been mentioned. Here's my favorite one. 55 points were played by Novak Djokovic in Paris. He had zero unforced errors. What he becomes on the court, yes, there is artistry, yes, there is mastery. He is somebody who is more mistake-free than anyone I can recall in sports in general. And so for that reason and the the tonnage, the tonnage of accomplishments and the degree of difficulty given the opponents that Courtney just mentioned, he's the greatest. Yeah, to me, that's the selling point there, Courtney. I, I heard you going the other way there. Serena Williams had to be better than Venus, who's an all-time great, and Maria Sharapova, right? An all-time great, but that's not Nadal and Federer. And to Two see Djokovic get to 23 go. right now, the way he has six of the last eight, whereas Serena has was trying to get to 23 all those times. I mean, it's just he might get 30. some people can do one or two or three of the things. He seemingly did it all. He's going to go for the career Grand Slam three times Watch. over, you know, and do it in one season now. Is that his table, too? Hmm. We'll move on. Saquon Barkley, not at Giants minicamp today, says he won't be all week, has not signed the franchise tag. Told the New York Post he's day-to-day -day until July 17th. That's the deadline for that signing. If not, he'll see. Says he's not looking for a record deal. It's about respect. Courtney, are you sensing a holdout or a sit-out in this situation? I think... I think we're getting to that territory. I think there's also a lot of regret, Tony, from his side. Remember, there was a deal on the table right around the time of the Giants' bye week last year in November that was an estimated $14 million a year, a little bit more than the 10.1 he's making on the franchise tag this year. I don't think they get to July 17th and have a long-term deal worked out, and I don't think that he will end up with the New York Giants until the 11th hour. Remember, he doesn't have to show up for training camp. He's without signing the franchise tag he doesn't have a contract to work with there so he wouldn't be fined fifty thousand dollars a day and be in that dangerous territory Courtney expects them to hunker down here this could be a while Tinsley how do you see it man I really hope this gets done before training camp because he's one of the most respected guys in that locker room and also he's the team's leading rusher and receiver but as Courtney just excuse me as Courtney just said part of part of me thinks he should have taken that 14 million and it's not a knock on him it's just how the league values running backs, or doesn't value them, rather. You thought he should have taken the four. Uh, Sedani, you're shaking your head no at that, what, what Tinsley just said. Tony, he's the most important offensive player in that team by a long shot. The Giants are in this conundrum because they decided to bid against themselves by giving Daniel Jones a $40 million contract. They should have franchised Daniel Jones in that scenario to give themselves at least potentially a little more wiggle room with Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley, to me, is a top-five running back. He's got 101 yards from scrimmage this past season. Only guys like Kamara and McCaffrey and Derrick Henry have have that kind, those kind of numbers. He deserves to be paid like a top four or five. Gordy disagrees with what you just said, but I got to go to Pablo first. We haven't heard from Pablo here, and this is New York. But listen, the reality of being a top five running back this offseason is that you're getting franchise tag. That has happened to all of them in that class. And so this is all saber-rattling, Tony. This is about whether... 
Saquon Barkley will sit out the season. And if you're the Giants and you evaluated him at that level and you say, we don't like his injury history, but we like him as a talent, I think you dare him to sit out because Le'Veon Bell is the last guy we saw do that. He has vocally regretted wasting a year in his prime from doing that. And so I don't think he ends up sitting out. I think he comes back begrudgingly under the franchise. The Giants played this thing perfectly given the state of the running back market. They don't need to give him that $14 million a year offer. Look at what Miles Sanders just got. Look at what David Montgomery just got. And by the way, they've added a lot of weapons at the receiver position, and they have Darren Waller. So who blinks first? I think it's going to end up being the running back. Thank you for your thoughts there, Courtney and Justin Sinsley. But it's the George Sedano Pablo Torres showdown next. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Around the Horn is presented by Corona. Please drink responsibly. Part of Happy Hour. Sedano Torrey, good luck at showdown. News of the day from softball. As Oklahoma celebrates that championship just a few days ago, Jordy Ball, star pitcher, two-time All-American, two-time national champion as a sophomore, transferring out of Oklahoma, says she's going home. We can assume that means to Nebraska. She's from Nebraska. Ball was just named the World Series most outstanding player. How monumental is this, George? Uh, Tony, it's huge, but she's earned the right. She has, in two seasons, a one ERA with 397 strikeouts. And in Oklahoma City, 24 and two-thirds scoreless innings. The NIL opportunities going home. Whatever she needs, she's earned that right. Yeah, she's 44 and two. She's incredible. But what I love about this, Tony, is what we talked about on Friday. This is an evil empire Oklahoma is. It's okay to call them that. Now they have a defector. They have tension, potential blood feud, I hope. This has the potential to be exciting. Okay. Uh, we don't need to call it a blood feud, but uh, these, these programs have I a way of reloading once they lose somebody. We'll split the point. We'll they move do. on. Pa Yankee, John Sterling, hit by a foul ball this weekend. You got to watch this. A pop foul. Back here. Ow! 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 It really hit me. I didn't know it was coming back that far. The man is 84 years old, but he didn't miss a beat. It was two pitches later that he was able to say, Yankees win! Ah, Yankees win! Yankees win! What a marvel. Pablo Gray, John Sterling. Oh, an A-plus, Tony. This is the sound of my childhood. Uh, granted, John Sterling has never been great judging the distance of 
Baseballs in general. How dare you, God, Bob Lowe. He's good. He's okay. He's okay. It's Tony, all he needs what? to be. Tony, he gets an A plus plus plus. That man should be in concussion protocol and finish the damn game and said Yankees win. Kind of like George Sedano wins. Uh, let me hear your best. No, it is high. Match. It is far. It is gone, Pablo. Let me hear it. It is high. It is far. It is still unfortunately not. Well, how dare you? Take the FaceTime. George Sedano. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. I want to give a shout-out to one of the GOATs. We were talking earlier about is Novak Djokovic uh, one of the GOATs? Well, Amanda Nunes is the GOAT fighter in UFC when it comes to the women's category. Two-time Bantamweight champion, one-time lightweight champion. The only women to hold two titles simultaneously, 11 title fights, and gets to go out on top and then taking a shot at the competition at the end when she said that everyone seems excited now that she's gone. Mm-hmm. How dare you, Pablo? Love you, John. <laughs>